Like, look at this guy. <laughs> oh well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna start off here. Uh, everyone that's coming to this video, uh, just a bit may not be that link that I had in. Um, you know, at first going through, but we do have a live link. And for those of you that are on my other part, that's here. Um, I'm going to message here, so just bear with me one moment. Uh, you know, I have one person right now that is waiting in this, so I'm just going to put a chat in that basically states, hey, um, <laughs> you know, we're here. We're just not where I thought I was going to be. Um, you know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So um, I'm going to go ahead and delete this uh, chat that we have that's here. And we'll get going, my friends. Thank you so much for it's here. Maurice is with me. Uh, for those of you that are part of our show, uh, like normally, and we have our things that's here, um, today is kind of a special day for uh, both of us because this is something I've wanted to do. And I feel like uh, we've been pushing each other, Maurice. <laughs> like you and I have been uh, kind of supporting each other, doing our things that's here. And we're going we're gonna to go forward. I'm going to push play. <laughs> Like, get going with us, and we're going to start off how we normally do, for those of you that are a part of the uh, podcast with our tunes, and then we'll roll right into our show. Here we go. Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to the first Lost Without Japan Moments live stream bonus interview episode that is normally the Lost Without Japan podcast. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with the positive thoughts and excitements that is needed for your next journey to Japan and my own return in summer 2023. For those of you with us now on YouTube after our live stream is complete, um, thank you for being here at this time. This talk will end up being released as is and is completely unedited. So just, you know, forgiveness with me for this right now. Like We want to get this out. We want to get this out. And if you're stumbling across the channel for the first time on YouTube, I hope to offer more interviews like this in the future. But I currently have around 50 audio only episodes that you can listen to on your favorite podcast streaming service or just here on YouTube as well. For those of you listening through your favorite streaming service for the first time or who are regular listeners, I just want to give you a heads up. This is most likely going to be a very largely unedited episode that is identical to the stream on YouTube. So if you want to click over and see both of us in person, you can or just listen along as you're going right now. But regardless of when and where and how, I'd like to thank you for giving both of us, a bit of your time today, and I truly hope that today's discussion finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. And if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without Japan listener, thank you again and for returning once more. This bi-weekly show is focused on getting you to Japan for your first time or to make your next adventure to Japan even better than your last. 
Today's special interview episode is once again with returning guest Maurice, who was just on the show a few episodes ago where we discussed a little bit about himself, Japan, geeky things, and his project Gambate that at that time was prior to launch. And, you know, I'm not going to steal the thunder here, so I'm just going to keep on and kind of skip through this a little bit, uh, you know, Maurice. So if you're on the stream and you haven't already checked out this project, Please pause the stream right now, my friend. We're not going anywhere. Go check it out on Kickstarter and consider backing this wonderful project. I'd love to celebrate with Maurice, you know, all of his accomplishments, all of his hard work, and that's going to be something for today. So welcome, Maurice. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, and uh, it's always great to chat with you. Appreciate it, my friend, and thank you so much for making time for all of us again today so we can go into a little bit more depth about your project and share kind of like your thoughts, your feelings, all about the creation of things. And for those of you that are coming across this as your first episode, a couple episodes ago on our audio podcast, we really went into depth about some very important topics like Shinmu and, you know, just Japan as a whole and just, you know, all the important things that we need in life and cameras and talk. But we're going to go a little more in depth about some things today, but before we go too much further into our talk today, if someone has questions about your book, the Kickstarter, just looking to answer any questions they may have, where can they reach out to you, my friend? Okay. So, um, I'm normally not a very social media type of guy, but I did kind of like bite the bullet and do it for this book because I really do believe in it. So there are two major avenues to reach me. Uh, and ask questions about the book. That is the Facebook page, and that's just Ganbate the photo book. And then also at uh, on Instagram at uh, Ganbate dot the dot photo book at whatever that is. If you just type in Ganbate <laughs> photo book, it'll come up. <laughs> it's not hard to find. <laughs> no, I like it, my friend. It, it is, and Maurice is Johnny on the spot when it comes to like communication and just contact and discussion with you, with you. I mean, he is uh, uh, infectious with his excitement for things that are here. So it, it, it is great. It is great, my friend. And I know, you. That we, you know, I was like, I know that we discussed on our previous episode um, a, a little bit about yourself and things like that. But before we get too much into things, I'd like to just give you a moment to kind of just share a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, um, I'm originally from New York. Uh, by trade, I am a filmmaker. I went to school for it, graduated for it. Um, I've done corporate marketing. I've done uh, narrative stuff, short films, feature films. I've written a bunch of stuff, directed commercials, you name it. Um, uh, and, you know, when you're a filmmaker, uh, photography and image making kind of comes hand in hand with that, especially when you're storyboarding. So, you know, all filmmakers, you know, regardless of what kind of uh, I guess, focus you have on it. All of them take photos to a certain extent. And that's kind of where my interest led, you know, started from the photo making school or in school and filmmaking. And it just kind of transferred over into this photo book. Of course, there's like things sprinkled in the, the middle there. But uh, at the end of it, I have this photo book now. So that's kind of basically the long and the short of it. No, I, I like it, my friend. And and we have, I know we're going to have a little bit of spillover when things uh, end up going through, but for those of you that are viewing this for the first time and don't know anything about Gambate itself, 
How would you describe your project? Oh, gosh. All right, that's a big question. I know, um, I know, I'm going to pull it right out, you know. <laughs> that's a big question because, you know, it changes from day to day. Uh, I'd say that Gambate is a journey of three distinct, three distinct trips to Japan, uh, November of 2019, March of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, and then also October of 2022, last year, uh, slightly before the border opened, and into the border opening. So, uh, Ganbate, in a way, kind of weaves like this spiritual kind of narrative uh, of those three time, like time periods, and it's a mixture of both street photography as well as portraiture with models, actresses, internet personalities, and just regular people. Um, you know, I, I deal more in bodies of work for, coming from like a filmmaking narrative kind of perspective. Okay. So it 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 really does serve best in its entirety, in its totality. So you can kind of have that experience from the beginning to the end. Like it, my friend. And I, I have to say that one thing that I took away just from me is that these aren't my pictures, right? These, these, this isn't my photo book. This isn't my book that's here, but I, and I've been to Japan a few times. I, I have a podcast going on for two years and it's like, I look at these images and man, this was me. Like I had this connection, like this is me. This was me. These are my moments. You know, right. like I, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not just saying things to say things like I totally did. You know, I'm flipping through these pictures and connecting with stuff and I'm like getting goosebumps as I'm going through. Or you have some of the your people that are in there that are making eye contact with me. And I feel like I'm sharing in that moment with you, my friend. And it was like just really, really, um, you know, hit, you know, <laughs> like hit with it. And with everybody, I mean, you look at photos, though, right? How many of us are on some sort of social media? We're on one right now, right? And you Absolutely. see posts every day, right? Various social media platforms, my friend, that are posting those photos, those quick videos, those things that are there. How does your work on Gambate differ from those posts that we see like in our feeds and, you know, like the streams and everything that's there? How does how does your project differ from those? Ooh, all right. So how do I how how can I be diplomatic and civil <laughs> at the same time? So I think that you know, the nature of social media and what it demands of us right now is that everyone is afraid to to publish or post moments as they are or as they come. There is this drive and this need or this fear to only post the best uh, and best is subjective, um, uh, most polished, most flawless, uh, unrealistic kind of accounts of of situations. And that when you when you start looking through these these instances through that lens, you get further and further away from a real experience that becomes a crafted kind of like product at that point. And I think that through my shot selection and the photos that I took and, and with the people that I shot them with, it was a very organic kind of experience. And so the photos that I chose to, to include in Gambate, they had to feel like a natural moment. And many of them are. Uh, there is a photo with the model uh, Georgia Risa where we're shooting with her, and this was back in 2019, um, where we were shooting with her and we were doing the typical model shoot thing, me and a buddy of mine. But the ones that were staged and posed 
were my least favorite. The ones okay. in the middle of moments where we were joking around and laughing and, and you know, saying stupid stuff or being silly. Um, I caught a photo of her where she's laughing like I've never seen her in a photo. And yeah, I yeah, asked yeah, yeah. her to go through her, her Instagram and she's not laughing like that in any of her photos, but I caught it. And it was in a very natural, very real moment. And I think it comes through 100%. Um, and that's where I lean towards whenever I'm shooting things and, and what I connect to, because I want to, my, my, my book is all about the human experience, connecting to that human experience and, and kind of relaying and, and feeling, feeding your own kind of uh, uh, moments and emotions into that. Like if you can't connect with it on a, a human level or emotional level, I have failed. But at the same time, I think that how are people, you know, connecting to human moments on Facebook or Instagram posts when they've been like basically washed to perfection? Like who can connect to that? None of us yes. are perfect. None of us have had, you know, <laughs> the, the hour and a half of removing all the blemishes and the wrinkles and the, 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 the bags under your eyes. You know, that's that's not what I aim for. Um, I'm the furthest from that. And I think it comes through in the work that this is a very natural and kind of like a personable kind of experience in photo book. I, I could not agree more for it. And I, I think with you saying that, that's something that I can relate to because it's like, it, you feel like you're in a moment. It, it is a moment that you're sharing and not just something that's like, you're watching something and you can, you can see something. They're like, Hey, look here, this is, you know, this. And you, you know it's all been set up. Everybody that walks by has been set up. Everybody's like a acting that's that's here as opposed to just kind of having that connection that you have with yourself. So I totally get it. I totally get that. And I know we're gonna have um some different things here, but I, I listened to your interview and really enjoyed the one you did with Joel on the Moonlighters Club. Yeah, and he's, great. The, he's he's such a wonderful guy. I mean, such a wonderful guy. And for those of you that haven't listened to this show. It's very much worth your time. It's in my show doc and on my Instagram at, that I have for Lost Without Japan. You can click on that link, click on Joel's show. And you guys, one of the things you talked about on that wonderful interview that you did is Paris Syndrome. And yes. it's relation to Japan. And yes. I was like, man, Joel, <laughs> like this is great. You know, like, you know, you have this here. Could you expand upon that? A little bit with everyone uh, at this time, my friend. Oh, okay. Uh, so Paris syndrome is the discomfort and the discrepancy that someone experiences when they've been, uh, I guess, fed information about a place and is characterized in one way. And when they actually go and visit it, it's drastically different. And that, 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 that chasm or that difference between their expectations because of what they've been told and the reality of what they're experiencing that can cause uh, uh, like a, a, a sensations of dizziness and sweating and unease and anxiety. Uh, and that's Paris syndrome. It's a real thing. And apparently it occurs a lot to uh, Koreans and other Asians who travel to France, Paris, France, because of all the, like, the media material that they've said, this is Paris, this is great, this is this, this is this. And then they go there and they're like, wait a second, this isn't at all like I experienced. And there's a level of shock uh, that, that's been titled the Paris Syndrome. Um, so uh, I wanted to get away from that with my book. 
Um, and I, like again, I'm going to be diplomatic and be civil. Um, there are certain types of photography uh, it, it, regarding Japan, specifically Tokyo, uh, that's very popular. And I'm being yeah. civil. Uh, so a performer that I was working with on Gambate, we were walking through Tokyo, and uh, I said, "Oh, you know, the this type of photography is very popular." And she goes, "Yep, it's an aesthetic." And then she just she just <laughs> dropped it because I think that the people that live there and live in Tokyo and live in Japan, they're like, "This isn't Japan." This isn't Japan. If you're a fan of that type of photography, and you know, I, without me yes. saying it, yes, you know yes, 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 you know what it is. Um, and then you go outside of a few, maybe small blocks. Japan, Tokyo does not look like that. It yes. it doesn't. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that the second you go and you experience Japan, which is a beautiful, wonderful country, all on its own, you don't need to change it. Um, once you go. And you experience it firsthand, you breathe in the air, you see the real colors of the city and the country, and then you go back and you look at that stuff, you're going to think, why did people ever do this? Why did yes. they change it? Because the way that it is, is perfect already. And so that feels like an exported product that's misleading um, because I'll be honest with you, I'm going to put my foot down. It doesn't look like that. Japan yes. doesn't look like that. It, you know, creative liberties and, and taking artistic uh, uh, choices is fine. That's fine. But you need to be aware of the fact that you're looking at a product that does not reflect the reality. 100%. And like we were, you guys were talking about movies during that, you know, during during that talk and things. And Blade Runner is one of my favorite ones. And, and like, you know, you can, man, you can come there expecting it. And for me, that for me was I went to Japan first in 2007. And I experienced that not in Tokyo, like you would expect, I guess, because like back then you didn't have so much to go off of. You know what I mean? Like, and my dad had traveled there and uh, I grew up kind of listening to things. So maybe it didn't happen to me there. But what hit me was we arrived into Kyoto. Pitch black, dark of night. We were right. We are hostel that we stayed at with the group of teachers I was with was right next to the train station. We arrived late, my friend. It was pitch dark. Couldn't see much of anything. And all I see is this like city, right? And I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm like, all I, I, this is like any other concrete city that you could find anywhere. Where are the temples? Where are the shrines? And I'm like, I've made a huge mistake <laughs> with my trip. We had, we had, Two nights, Maurice, one day on our own, and I pick this place? Like, what is this? You know, I, I couldn't see far enough to have it. There's no Google Maps for you to go on to, like, see things, my friend. This I have a paper map I folded up that I'm going to be looking at. And, and I'm like, I, I messed up. I should have done with the other group that was going to Fuji. Like, I made a mistake. And then, and then the sun came up in the morning. And we're walking along and I'm like sitting there like just I'm like, gosh, what did I do? Like, what did I do? Like, you know, follow it, follow our maps. And it opened up in front of me and I'm like, OK, I get it now. Like I have it like it's, you could have those like set things and, and have that experience. And man, I lived through it first time of like I'm right. 
maybe I could hop that Shin content back towards somebody else. And for those of you going into Kyoto, you probably won't have that same experience. But my friends, if you arrive there and all you see is this like concrete city and that is that that is not. It, yes, it is Kyoto, but it is not the Kyoto that you're going to you're going to end up seeing. So don't you know, just don't live with that disappointment. <laughs> Look, you know, I had that whole night. So um, I, I just yes, I, I could could not agree more, my friend. One of the things I'd like you to share, and we were kind of talking just briefly uh, before we started recording, you had some goals of the book. Uh, you want to talk about uh, like a major goal for yourself uh, and it, when it comes to this project, my friend. I'm going to open it up to you. So goals for the book. Oh, gosh. That's a I, so that that answer kind of changes a lot, right? Yes. Because, you know, first uh, and foremost, I just want people to see it. Yeah. You know, the Kickstarter really acts as a kind of a pre-order kind of system because I have partnered with factories. It can get made. I have had samples sent to me. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I have two in my home. I love it already. Um, and the Kickstarter is like, here's what it's about. You know, the, the Kickstarter page is very verbose. It's very thorough. And I feel like I do a pretty adequate job of ex telling people exactly what it is. Um, the video that's on there shows exactly what it is and what type of body of work it is. And really, it's like, if you connect with this, please take a look at it, right? Uh, uh, pick up a copy, you know. I want you to experience that that experience that I have when I sit down and I look through it. Because I still look at it once or twice a week. Because even, even though I'm the person who made it, I'm still impressed with it. I still enjoy that experience of flipping through and digesting the shot selection in this photo beside that photo or what was going on in my head when I took that photo. I love all that stuff. And that's as someone who created it. I think that people that connect with that sort of work, the sort of like human kind of element, vintage style photography, film photography, they're going to see the value in the body of the work. Uh, beyond that, and just people who connect with it, buying it, I would like to continue to work in Japan and, and take on more subject matter or diversify or, or tackle different uh, different types of people and put them in, in photograph form. I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, I, you know, really, the sky's the limit because it's art, right? At the end yeah. of the day, it's art. And, and it comes from a drive to want to connect with people. And it comes from a drive of wanting to connect people with good art, right? And um, also to motivate people. Um, me personally, I don't find a photo that's been edited for six hours to be motivated, motivating. I don't. There's nothing wrong with that, but I personally don't connect with that. I connect with someone being in a place with another person, sharing a moment, and they capture the right perfect moment. Yeah. It, that to me, you know, Photoshop can't edit in a moment if you didn't catch it, right? That's how yep. I feel personally. Um, it's it's taking the time. It's choosing the right moment. Um, it's kind of ingrained in the idea of shooting film photography because you can't shoot forever, like on digital, right? Uh, it's it's uh, you have a very finite number, and you have to pick and choose and be selective about the moments you capture. And that's what film photography is to me: is 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 capturing that moment. And uh, I hope this book motivates people to go out there and see their lives differently and their interactions with people differently. 
to look at the moments that really, really matter, that that this is the moment, not me taking this photo and then putting it through a filter or putting it through this program or doing this to it or doing this to it or not turning it into a product, right? The moment is the moment and just kind of honoring that and showcasing that human moment. Because here's the thing, if the human element is imbued in the photo, you can't stop people from connecting with it, right? It's impossible. If there is a genuine moment captured in, in photograph photograph form, other people will see it and they'll connect with it too. I truly, truly believe that. Agreed, my friend. And you had quite an accomplishment uh, that happened right before we came on, my friend. Why don't you go ahead and share that right now? Because I think it's it's huge, buddy. It is huge. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, and I got to give you some credit here too. So before I even say this, a couple of days ago, when when Mike is like, hey, look, we should really have a follow up interview and hopefully we'll be toasting to your campaign crossing the funding line. And I'm thinking, man, this guy is so really like optimistic. I love his energy, but we'll see. <laughs> um, and I, I have to be honest, an hour before we started, I got a massive pledge from a gentleman out in Australia and it pushed us over the funding goal. So. At this point, the book is 100% funded. I feel super excited because I know that it's going to go into the hands of people that connect with the work. I hope that they share it with their friends and their family and their loved ones because I fully, fully believe in it. And like I said earlier, just a minute ago, I hope it motivates somebody, anybody, anywhere to pick up a photo of a camera and view their world differently and decide to capture their own moments as well. I really, really hope it does. But at this point, you know, we're just keep pushing along. Uh, We have eight days left. Uh, There are plenty of wonderful tiers you can get or you can pledge. Uh, Please look at the the Kickstarter campaign. And if any of it connects with you, because here's the thing, don't buy it or don't pledge to it if you don't like it. What I'm saying is if it connects with you, if it speaks to you from an artistic perspective, this is a wonderful book to pick up. I think plenty of other, obviously, clearly the people that have gotten it across, across the gut, like the, the, the funding goal, they connect with it and you can join them by pre-ordering your own book too. And, and I hope to see you there because I'm extremely proud of this work at this point, you know, uh, I'm just beyond happy. It, it's a big win for me creatively because I know that a lot of times artists don't know where they're going to, you know, if they're going to be supported or, or if they can continue to do their work. Um, I feel the the I feel the the love if I can say that because I, yeah. I that's what it feels like I, I feel the support and I feel the love from the people that back the project because they believed in it and I want to do more work for them and and I hope to see you there as well so thank you so much uh, it's one hundred percent funded and that feels really really great <laughs> and it is I because you spent years kind of working on this book uh, and having it come to, fr- to fruition like. This is this is a project that you know just wasn't like a pop in pop out and I'm done. This was right. a lot going to that and if you if you don't mind my friend I, I like I said uh, anyone that wants more in depth we can listen to our previous episode and our interview and things here but why don't you go ahead and just give like a brief synopsis of what Gambate like you know that those times that you kind of created it from and just share a little bit about that and then we'll we'll move on from there my friend. Oh, of course. Uh, okay, so like I stated earlier, it's comprised of three trips to Japan, 
uh, November of 2019 uh, with a group of friends of, of friends of mine, and that was just purely just vacation. It was vacation mode. We were just kind of like having fun, eating everything, going everywhere. Uh, but of course, there was no hindsight of what was going to happen with the world, right? Yes. So November of 2019 is like right there. Because in December, then it was like, oh, my God, like the world is different. And um, so I had these photos from that trip and I was purely just having fun. There was no real artistic scope to it. It was just guys in Japan with our friends and my, my friend's wife just in Japan, you know, eating and traveling around and, and doing things for giggles. And it was awesome. It was a completely carefree trip. Then uh, uh, the pandemic started to come down on us. I want to say that uh, I knew that I wanted to go back. Um, so I went back in March of 2020, uh, right before Japan shuttered their borders. So I kind of slipped in there. I, I thread the needle that way. Um, and Japan was much different. It was, it was, all the foreigners were gone, um, or not all of them, but the vast majority were gone. You didn't see any tourists. Uh, you saw the the dividers and the plastic masks and I saw lines for masks in front of stores and people having to come out and say we're sold out and people kind of wandering around. I saw news broadcasts about the police saying, if we catch you scalping um, prices for hand sanitizer or, or masks, yeah. you can be yeah. jailed for up to five years. Um, I don't think they did that in the States, but in Japan, they were very serious about that. They were like, if we catch you selling masks and you're overcharging old people, because that's what was happening a lot of times, they were overcharging old people. We're going to put you in jail for that stuff. So I saw that in the news daily. That was kind of wild. Um, there's a photo in the book where I was on a train midday in Tokyo and the train was empty. Um, and that was crazy because I know I'd gone on that route before and during the same time in 2019 and it was packed. So yes. the city was much different. People were traveling differently. Uh, it was it, it. There was a lot to take in. It, it really was very, very different. Um, and of course I left the border closed. And then, you know, if you're a fan of Japan and traveling to Japan, you know, that there was close to three years where Japan's like, no, <laughs> you're not coming in here. Um, and then, um, through the aid of a discord in March, uh, no, not March, but in October of 2022, I was able to get my visa and go in before the border opened. And still many of the foreigners were not back yet. Uh, you still got the weird, like, oh, who is that guy, like, walking around? Because I, I clearly look like a gaijin. Like, so. <laughs> They're like, who is that guy, you know? And I was just wandering around. Uh, places like Sensoji were empty. Akihabara were empty. Uh, uh, getting food at popular places. There was no lines. Yeah. Um, it was pretty interesting. And I took photos then, too. And, and so you could see the energy coming back into Tokyo. But it wasn't there yet. It wasn't 2019. I don't even think now is 2019 yet. Um, but it was it was really, really interesting. Um, and so I got back and I had all these photos, you know, well over a thousand, like too many. Um, that's, you know, well over a thousand digital, uh, no, well over a thousand film negatives and then thousands of digital photos. But the book is primarily comprised of film photos because that's where I kind of wanted to head towards. Um, but I wanted to kind of weave this kind of ex like this narrative experience that doesn't hold your hand too much. 
it lets you fill in the blanks of these these emotions and these moments. And that's kind of what the book is. So you'll see some photos where there's people walking around and there's no masks anywhere. Yeah. Right. You know, that's when from that time, then you'll see photos of empty trains and then you'll see photos of people with nothing but masks on. And yep. you you can you can spot it out and they're not in chronological order. So they kind of weave in and out of one another. And it's up to you as the viewer to kind of take that experience and say, hey, when do you think this was or where was this at? Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. But it's, it, in that way, it's kind of like it's kind of personal, interactive in that way. Um, but it's it was it was one hell of an experience. And I hope the book does at least a little bit of kind of inviting you to that experience as well. Awesome, my friend. Awesome. And one of the things we didn't dive too deeply into when we were talking about that is just kind of like your own thoughts and feelings when it came to just that creation of your project. Um, I'd like to just give you a moment to kind of, if you don't mind, just expanding upon that just a little bit today. Uh, just, you know, share a bit, little bit about you know, what you were thinking during that time, my friend. Uh, okay, so, you know, as a creator, an artist, you're always thinking, like, where could this fit into something larger? Always. You know, whether it's the way that someone said something or the way that their gesture is kind of of of, of perceived or interpreted, uh, just how an event happens. You're always thinking about what could this be if not just a singular kind of item or singular moment. And uh, when making the book. And, you know, one thing that you said that that is so flattering, I have to I'm at the piggyback of what you said. You said that these photos felt like your photos. You felt like you. Yeah. yeah. And that that really like that warms my heart. (laughs) It warms my heart because I do want it to feel like a personal experience. I really do. And I think that a lot of the photos like with Georgia, Georgia is a fantastic performer. Yes. And she has such a relatable and welcoming kind of aura or personality or just persona in general that you can't help but feel like I've known you for a while. That is, like, she's my friend. No doubt about it. Like, you know, you're looking at that and you're just like, cool, man. You know, like, this is my friend. We're hanging out. Like, you know, whatever's going on. But yes, 100 percent. That's 100 percent, my friend. She's the consummate professional from one to a hundred. She's, she's, she's great at what she does, but she has a charm to her that not a lot of people do that makes you feel at ease immediately. And so, um, and that, that goes to, and, and that, and that goes for everybody in the book, but they have their own different type of charm, right? Yes. They have their own different type of like a uh, home feeling or welcoming feeling. Um, and so I just really wanted to feel like you're an insider. You're a part of this. Um, uh, again, I'm going to be civil to try to tell you what the book is not, um, a lot of photography in focused on Tokyo doesn't really include people. A lot of it is just street photography where they, they kind of grab moments or, uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't do that kind of stuff. So it's hard for me to, to, to describe it, but it feels very impersonal and very distant to me. And so when I make, when I was making the book, I couldn't, I refused to make a book that felt distant. I refused to make a book that felt impersonal. I refused to make a book where it felt like I was stealing moments from people who didn't know I was there. 
I yeah. could not do that. I could not do that. There are plenty of people who do that already. That work is fine. It's okay. It's good. It's for them. It's not for me. And so who am I to be this ambassador? I'm not, I'm not an ambassador. That's a, that's a strong word, but who am I to tell you about this place and, and, and even try, and, and, and my book is not in a complete view. It, it couldn't be. I don't, I'm not from there. I'm an outsider, but how could I make a, a body of work that's supposed to entice you or make you curious about a place and I don't include the people? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, at that point, if you just include Tokyo or Japan or Kyoto or these other places without the people, you're talking about a theme park. You're talking about rides at that point. You're not talking about a community or a nation. Uh, and so it was my job and my goal to include as many people as I could. Uh, so they're a part of this experience too, because so when you go to Japan, you're not just going for the Godzilla cafe. You're not just going for team labs. You're going for the citizens as well. Um, because there are lovely people there, you know, more than anyone could ever count. And you could be having an experience with those people too. Uh, you know, they should be represented in an art. And so that was my goal as well. Love it, my friend. And you segue nicely into, you know, where I was going to be going to next. Uh, you've had some very unique and interesting people that are a part of your book and a part of those photos. Could you just share a little bit about those individuals for those people that get the physical copy or digital copy from your Kickstarter? Uh, just so they can have a little bit more to, you know, that, like, you know, if I, I want to, I want to know my friends that are in this book that I'm looking at, like, you know, <laughs> like from my trip, when I was like, here, it's like, whatever it is, you know, it's like, I want to know these people that are here. Um, could you just share a little bit about them? Oh, of course. Of course. So I met Georgia, uh, through a friend in 2019. So she's an actress and a model and kind of like this personality that kind of resides in Tokyo. And, She's awesome, you know. Um, then there was Maya, who uh, G, uh, uh, Georgia introduced me to Maya, and Maya is a producer that works in Tokyo. She's there too, and she has her own kind of like, only kind of like modern take on 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 architecture and and art and minimalism and and design. And she's in there, and she's awesome. Uh, then there was an actress that I really had a great time with. Her name is Sayaka. Uh, and she's just, she, she was almost like a philosopher too. So when we were shooting and we talked, we, we built this narrative around her portion and she created this character around it and acted it out and I captured it in photos. And that was cool. And that's great. Those are in the book. But what really stands out to me is that after we finished, we walked around and we just talked and we connected as people and she has such great ideas and she's like intriguing and thought provoking and, and, and empathetic and, and caring and I, I, just, just a wonderful human being, a wonderfully warm human being. Then there is, uh, oh gosh, uh, my buddy, uh, <laughs> my buddy Paul out in Yokohama, who is this professor slash sneakerhead who has been I didn't tell you this part, but he was actually featured in a documentary about Jordan sneakers 
because he did a review, a really good review of a golf club, like a golfing club, like a, a, a country club. Yeah. They did a collaboration crossover sneaker with Jordan. So there was this Jordan golf shoe and Paul did a review on it. And the producers of this documentary saw it and they're like, hey, can we use part of your review in our documentary? And Paul's like, yeah, sure, go for it. So <laughs> he is this dude in Japan who is making reviews about American Jordans. These producers back in Chicago see it. They're making a documentary. They want his footage. It's just just wild, this dude. And he's awesome, too. And then uh, I think that probably one of my most memorable people and Oh gosh! So we we you and I talked about Shenmue, right? So, yes, 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 uh, yes. So one of the voice actors, one of the English voice actors from Shenmue, um, he resides in in Kamakura, and he's this dude that does this gardening. And I remember watching him on YouTube before I even knew that I was gonna make gambate, and I'm like, who was this guy? Like, <laughs> who was this guy that voice act? Who's a voice actor for Sega games? And he's a broadcaster for NHK, and now he's a gardener, and he's been, and he's American, and he's been residing in Japan for four decades, and they're just like, I have to know this dude, right? And so I reached out to him, I said, hey, look, I'm making this book, would you like to be a part of it? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, and his photos are immaculate. Like, I, I, like, if... So every now and then, you know, you're, you're like, oh, I did okay on that one. I did okay on that. And this is good enough, you know, to my, because everyone's their own worst critic, right? Yes. Um, we were just talking uh, about that, my friend. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. There are a couple of my photos that I did with Robert uh, out in Kamakura. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I took this photo. Yeah. I can't believe that I did this. Um, it's just the book came together with the right people at the right time. Um, and I am incredibly blessed. There are so many people who just, you know, I told them what I wanted to make and they were down for it. They were very hospitable, open-minded, generous, just wonderful people. And the book, it really does show, it really does come through that, that these are people who wanted to be there. Yes. These are people who wanted to be recognized and seen and and I'm happy that they allowed me to do that. Outstanding, my friend. Outstanding. And for those of us that have made it this far, let's go ahead and um, we can kind of discuss some of the images and things from your book and what I'm going to do. And please forgive me for a moment as we're <laughs> like going through. I'm going to end up sharing my screen and I'm pretty sure my friend that that's going to take my entire screen uh, from oh, what yeah. I have. Uh, so I'm going to duck out, like, you know, I think, and I'll be like, ah, you know, <laughs> you're going to be on your own, Mark. So, so Maurice, 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 like we're, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going we're to get that up here in one moment. Uh, try to share some screens for you. Um, Maurice is, was nice enough to share some of the images of his book. Because like we said, uh, like you said, you know, we're not going to share the whole thing. I would take away from the experience. And part of it, for those of you that have bought the physical copy and the digital, I don't want to cheapen that for you all. Uh, but just kind of this an appetizer of things to come and, uh, you know, share some of the things that you have. And we'll get going, um, you know, from there for that. So one moment here. 
Share screen. Shared photos. There we go. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, yeah. Maurice. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. Okay. 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 I'm gonna love this part. I'm gonna love this part. Let's see. And I'm gonna just a little bit increase our size just a little bit there. Okay, my friend. It is all you. Let's let's just let's get going. <laughs> okay, so uh, a few things about this photo. Uh, it was, and this is the best way to describe it, it was a happy accident. So I was shooting with Georgia with the Nashika N8000, and that is a a, an old 35 millimeter camera from the 80s that shoots um, four images at once. And so through parallax, you can take those four images and create like a small little video because the the perspective for each photo is slightly different. And when you put those photos in like an animation, it does like a little wiggly thing. And now uh, the Nishika is kind of regained in popularity and they make they call them wiggle grams now, whereas before they were made for in the 80s that were used to make uh, the. 3D holographic cards, you know, I forget yes. what it's called, lenticular, lenticular yep. cards. Um, of course, you know, the Nashika thing is, is a 40-year-old camera. <laughs> the, the company that made the lenticular, cam the lenticular cards is, has long since been out of business, but now people have taken those, um, those photos and make the, turn them into animation small sh short films. And there's actually one uh, uh, Nashika kind of sequence on my Kickstarter page, and that's of Maya. You can check that out. But... So the Nashika camera is a neat idea. It's very poorly made. It's a crappy camera that does one thing well, if you're very careful with it. And one thing that can happen is if you don't wind it properly or if the film doesn't catch properly, because a lot of times the film does not catch properly and doesn't advance all the way because it's not a very well-made camera, um, you'll have an overlap of the, sh of the, the exposures. And so this is where this happened. There was a misfire and then the Sheikah, and when it advanced, it didn't advance all the way. And so I took this photo and it jammed. And I thought the camera was broken. And so that was like the last shot of the day that with, with me in Georgia that day. And I was like, well, you know, the, 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 here we go. <laughs> For your second another, camera. Yeah, second yeah, camera that's broke camera on your truck. On me, right? <laughs> so, um, but the camera didn't break but it did misfire. And so I was going to Kitamura, which is like a camera store in Tokyo, and I was getting film developed back and forth all the time. And there was a few segments of these photos that were clearly double exposed and overlapped. And I was like, oh, bummer, you know? Yeah. And so I get to the end of the roll or the end of like, they give you a little printout card and I get to the end of it and I see this photo and immediately I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is the one. Yes. This is the one. I yes. didn't know what was going to be the cover of this book. When I saw this, there was no other photo that could be the cover of this book. It had to be this one. And I sent it to Georgia, and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to prime her for how she should receive it. Yep. And she goes, oh, my God, that's gorgeous. And I, I'm like, I know. <laughs> yes! Thank I you. Know. I know. So, uh, 
it was just perfect. Sometimes, I don't know if it's serendipity or just chance or just, uh, who, who I'm not going to say miracle, but something is sometimes it just works out in your favor. And this is one of those moments where I took that photo and like I said, there was no chance of any other image being the cover. This had to be it. Love it, my friend. I love it. <laughs> love it. We're going to scroll down a little bit more here. We have another image. It's here, and I'm going to probably have to back up a little bit because that 125 is not going to work for this, but we will go back just a stretch there. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, so <laughs> this is interesting to me because a lot of people are like, why are you showing a police car? It's not like a big deal. Uh, so I come from the States. And I'm sure that probably some of at least at least a cross section of your viewers come from the States. Um, the the relationship and the attitudes of police vary from place to place. Let's just leave it that. Yep. And and the attitude that the police have is much different in Japan. Um, guns are like a last ditch effort. I think I was in Akihabara at the time and. The only police action I saw <laughs> were these two teenagers were running around bumping into each other, which is innocent kid stuff, you know? Yes. And the cops just made them empty their pockets. <laughs> like <laughs> the cops made them empty their pockets. It lasted 30 seconds, and the cops were like, all right, get out of here. And everyone was fine. And then I remember walking towards their car, and there's an anime character. There's like a cute little anime character. <laughs> And so if, if you see on the on the photo uh, beneath the police lights, there is this cute little like animal. I don't even know what it is. Ma but this yeah, like animated, their mascot or something. Who yeah, knows? Like, like, <laughs> a cute little police mascot. And I don't I don't know what it's what it's about or, or what it is, but it really is just like a oh, wow, that it was just different. It was very, very different. And also, yeah. there's another book in, there's another photo in the, um, <laughs> look, it's so cute. I know, it's just like, you're like, this is great, it's great. It's so cute. Um, there was another photo in the book of the police Koban. And uh, if you're not familiar with the police Koban, the Koban is a police box that's in a lot of areas, neighborhoods, things like that. And there's usually a cop or two in the Koban, and they kind of just chill out in there. And it's not a police station. It doesn't feel like that, but it really does feel like a community kind of service center. Um, I remember I've gotten lost a couple of times and uh, go to the, and I, without hesitation, go to the Koban and in my broken Japanese that I can figure out, I've gotten directions several times. And there've been a couple of times where I'm trying to speak in broken Japanese and the guy's like, English, English. <laughs> English. <laughs> and, um, he switches to his broken English, you know, because he's, he's sincerely looking to help me, right? There is no concern about suspicion or, or being mistreated or aggression, none of that. And so those two photos in kind of conjunction really do kind of encapsulate this completely foreign experience that I have with the police in Japan. I will not hesitate to go speak to the police in Japan. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Um, and I think the mascot kind of, <laughs> it kind of lends to that, that, that kind of like, oh, we're, we're here to serve you. Like it's, it, was, it was actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Awesome. Go through a little bit more. And 
another. Love it. Here we go, my friend. Oh, man, that's one of my favorites. So this is from 2019. This is outside of Akihabara Station. And this is one of those moments where uh, we were with Georgia and we were just goofing around. I think at this point we weren't really shooting anymore, right? Uh, but we were just goofing around. And <laughs> I forget what was said, but we were all just like laughing hysterically, right? It was a moment where we was a, a very real, very genuine moment where we're just laughing hysterically. And I think I recognize the fact that uh, Georgia had turned off her model face. Yes. You know, there's, there's a model face. If you, if you work with models before, you know the face. She turned it off and she was just being a regular human being, you know, and it was almost like we, we got to kind of live in this moment where we're all just like these young people exploring art and creating and we're very fortunate and we're sharing a laugh and I feel like genuine real emotion is just oozing off this photo. It, 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 it feels great to me. I remember the moment like it was yesterday. Um, and I owe that to Georgia just being someone who could just live in the moment. A lot of people can't live in the moment when they're working, right? Yep. And um, we were able to capture that. And, you know, there are a bunch of when going through my photos, because I, like I said, I had over a thousand uh, I knew that that had to be in there. There was no mistaking like or, or debate. This one had to go in there because it was a very real and very genuine moment. Love it, my friend. Here we go. Back up here. Back up here. I'm going to upset some people with this one. <laughs> here we go, my friend. Okay, okay. So this is another uh, another one of my Marius's vendetta to say that Japan is not like how you've you've been told. <laughs> so I, I know that everyone's like, oh, Japan is clean. Japan is clean. Everywhere is clean. Everywhere is clean. That is true in a lot of heavily trafficked, very popular areas. The second you go to a side street or you're like in a little corner where people can't see stuff. Yes. There is so much trash chucked in little corners. <laughs> um, that you 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 you're going to see it. You're going to see it. And also you know, uh I will probably say some of that is probably due to foreigners. Um because yes. uh, there's a lot of be behaving badly foreigners in Japan. Let's just get that out the way. Yeah, please um, don't be one of those if you're listening to this. Yeah, please. don't be one of those. You're going to make all of us look bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure uh, uh, the drunken salary man recognizes or he feels the pinch of no trash cans, too. Yes. And so you'll see people, they'll just chuck a trash can if there's no one looking. And that's one of those moments where... I was walking to the convenience and there was no trash can in sight. It was actually one of the few long stretches where there was no uh, uh, vending machine. And usually because besides vending machines, there is a trash can or a couple. Uh, so there's no trash can in sight. And it looks like someone just decided, hey, look, I'm going to chuck these right here. <laughs> they just tossed their trash. And, once you, and here's the thing. It's not overwhelming. Um, it's not like New York City kind of level. But you will see trash. Everything, everywhere is not clean. Everywhere is not pristine. Um, 
You go on a side street, you're going to see some some stuff chucked between buildings and all kind of stuff like that. Like and, and the uh, uptick in graffiti and things like that from like some yes. of the different walking videos and things is mm-hmm. so much more even from when I was there last to now. Like uh, it, it's just more and more. Um, and you could take from what it is. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be expression of self or like, you know, what is it? But it's it's definitely uh, changing. So absolutely. Like, absolutely. Here we go. I love a good pork hamburger, my friend. What, what can you tell oh, us about? So good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right. So this, I went to this place before the border opened, and it was clear that the guy had not had to deal with foreigners for a while. And when I walked up, that sign was not out there. And if yeah. you can't see it, or if you're listening to this, it's a placard, a plastic placard um, for the restaurant that says in English, I'm sorry, I can't speak foreign languages. Please prepare your tablet translation app, right? Yep. And I remember when I walked up and I'm like, hello. And he disappears for a second. He comes back and he slaps that down. Um, and uh, and the, the thing is this, like I kept it simple because it was very clear that, and a lot of times some people are like, well, uh, they're, they were rude to me because yep. I didn't speak Japanese. And I don't think it's that. I think a lot of times they feel uh, 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 shy or uncomfortable because, well, a lot of times um, people will speak English at them. They don't understand English. And instead of the foreigner or the traveler trying to meet them in the middle, they'll just repeat to them in English, but louder, you know? Yes, (laughs) yes. And so it's just like, that's not getting them anywhere. So he was trying to mitigate this uncomfortable situation. And I know enough Japanese where I could say, you know, like this, I want this, or, 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 yeah, no, I don't want that, or, or I want a drink, or uh, I want it to go. I, there was enough of that. And he's like, oh, he's like, poku hamburger, you know, he said something like that. And I'm, and he's like, oh, is that okay? Because I guess some people don't eat pork. And I'm like, daijubu, daijubu, that's okay, that's good, that's good. You know, so he appreciated that I tried. Yes. Um, but initially, there was a, a, a weird kind of tense, like, this dude is going to speak English at me. <laughs> and the answer is, I would have. <laughs> but yes. Yes. yes, I'm not going to lie. Like, he, his assumption was correct. Um, and uh, But we worked through it. And I didn't need a translation app. And that was kind of a cool moment. And what started off as really tense, by the end of it, when I had my food and I left, he was handing me pamphlets and giving me free sauces and stuff like that. And it was it was very welcoming. It became like a please come back sort of experience. Whereas before, I did not know it was going to end that way. No, and it is. And everywhere in the world right now is understaffed, right? So if right. you were, and I hope everyone that's listened to this, if you haven't been to Japan before, you you will get there, my friend. It may take you a while, um, but you will get there. And you know, there's plenty of people to help support you in finding that. But if you are going anytime in the near future, like myself. Um, this summer or, you know, if it be, it, you know, next year, whatever it is, everywhere is understaffed. So just please, 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 please be understanding. And if you're going out to a restaurant, don't bring your backpack with you. If you can store it outside, leave it in your, you know, your hotel uh, space is so tight there. They're not picking on you because, you know, you have, you know, your things and they don't want it. It's because you have this huge backpack with you <laughs> and they're, they're trying to fit the 12 people that fit maximum into this place. If that, you know, just, just be understanding. And I'm like, things, it goes so far 
just a smile and some understanding and some flexibility. And like you said, some limited, very minimal Japanese breaks down so many barriers, uh, you know, from everybody. And I, it's just such a huge, huge uh, takeaway from everybody. Here and we if go, you my try friend. a little bit of Japanese, if you try a little bit of Japanese, you'll get the 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 much uh, the much uh, uh, desired. Uh, uh, was it Nihongo Jozu? The <laughs> 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 Japanese is so good. It's so good. You're like, I know it's not. I know it's not. Nihongo Jozu. What's that? You want Okay, okay. So this photo. Uh, so even though I work for corporate America, I am not that guy. Um you couldn't get me to be that guy. I know that my employer has probably tried a few times and we've both failed miserably. Uh, you know, I do my job. I do my job pretty well. I like it. They like me, I think. Um, but the salary man office dude suit thing is not me. It doesn't fit for me. That doesn't matter what country it's from. It, it just doesn't matter. I can't do it in the States. Can't do it in Japan. I knew that I did not, I would not enjoy Shinagawa Station. I believe that's Shinagawa Station. Um, I knew I would not enjoy it, but I went because of the spectacle. I had had the spectacle fed to me. Oh, it's the sea of black suits, the sea of navy suits, the sea of dark gray suits. That's exactly what it is. If you don't like office type stuff in your home country, you're not going to like it here because it's on steroids in Shinagawa Station. Yeah. Um, I've been to quite a few places in Japan. There is only one place I would say that I could definitively say I did not enjoy and I don't want to go back. That is Shinagawa Station during rush hour. Um, I think the photo that I got of the salarymen, I kind of, this is a digital photo. Um, if, if, so this is a digital photo, one of the few digital photos in the book. Um, I got, I gave it kind of an artistic kind of like, uh, uh, I pushed it a little bit, but that's what the photo looks like. Um, and you can tell exactly what it is. Like, <clears throat> I wanted to maintain their anonymity um, because also it's a it's a, a lifestyle that's not for me. So I didn't yeah. want to be disrespectful. Um, but this the the sea of suits, and it's not them. It's what it represents. Yeah. You know, it's working tirelessly over time until you retire. It's not for me, but it's a part of Japanese culture. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, and I wanted to capture it and capture it accurately. That is Shinagawa Station. If you're into that stuff, go see it. It's not for me. I'm never going back. Um, not if I don't have to. Um, especially not during between was it six a.m. and nine a.m. and then four thirty yeah. and eight p.m. Not a chance. Not a yeah. chance. But you, I am proud of the photo. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree, man. If you're pushed into a train once. That's one too many times. Let me tell you, just that one occurrence is here. And and I'm the same, man. Like, you can't pay me to go into Tokyo Station to save my life. And whenever I have to go there, my friends that went with me in 2019, because we were pretty close to each other in, in going, uh, like when I was with my friends and you were with yours. And I they, they, they were like, Mike, you're a positive guy. You're an overwhelmingly positive guy. Like, all the time. <laughs> what is all this hate? Like, why are you like, why are you like, you have all these negative thoughts and feelings. We haven't even made it to the station yet. And I'm like, I hate this place, man. And they're like, you don't hate anything. I'm like, no, no, I hate this place. Like, I'm going with you guys 
but I hate this, you know, like, and as soon after we got through and out, they're like, okay, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we get this now. Like, no, but I'm like, yeah, you, it is. You totally do. And, and everyone's rushed because that's just what the system yeah. is built. Like, you know, everyone is tired, you know, uh, and here's the thing. Like I used to think it was kind of funny, you know, when you see a salary man or someone sleeping on the train. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny when you see it like daily because these people work to the bone. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's not funny anymore. It's not funny. It becomes this guy is exhausted. This woman is exhausted. They worked for 10 hours today, maybe longer. Yep. Um, and now they got to ride the train for an hour and a half. Please let them sleep. Let them, you know, they, they, <laughs> they earned it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, Shinagawa station kind of represents to me. And, it's just, uh, you know, more power to them. Um, I'm not built for it, but I, hopefully they are. You give that that feeling of like not giving up. And we were talking about that from a creative standpoint of just keeping mm -hmm. on going. And man, like that takes, you know, uh, a type of person and, a, and some dedication to keep going with that. You know, Absolutely. That, that that is not an easy, easy nine to five at all. And one of my favorite no. things of your book, buddy, is the Polaroid pictures, my friend. Like, I absolutely, positively love it whenever I come across one. Uh, what can you go ahead and share about this one, my friend? Okay, so this is actually in Osaka. Um, and um, my buddy and I, we went up to this bar, this rooftop bar. <clears throat> and um, I had a weird experimental camera with me. It's a, a Lomography Wide. Um, and it does all kind of kooky stuff. Um, and we were testing out the the extended exposure um and uh we were just up there and there was a there was we were the only ones in the bar because a lot of if you get lucky you can get into a lot of japanese bars that are tiny and you're the only one in there or there's a very small party in there like you were yes. mentioning earlier some of these bars only fit like 10 or 12 people in them um but we had free range of the place and they had an outdoor area on top of this building and so the the bartender came out to smoke with us and uh, he was like watching what we were doing. And my friend and I were like testing out different time lengths to capture the photo properly because we didn't have a light meter on us, so we couldn't properly measure it. So we we're just firing off these photos. And I remember the guy watched out. He, he came and watched us and he asked us what we were doing and talked about where we were from. And the dude was from Korea and um, he spoke three languages. He spoke Korean, Japanese and English all impeccably, like just wonderful. And um we he served us the, and it was the first time I ever had plum wine, uh, yes. umesh plum wine, delicious. I'm addicted to that stuff now. Um, but that that photo encapsulates me and my buddy testing out the this this camera. The first time I was in Osaka, this really hospitable, really friendly, educated guy from Korea who was our bartender, just smoking his cigarettes and chatting with us about life. That all of those things are encapsulated in that photo for me. It was a memorable, super unforgettable night, and the the, the photo is very, very special to me. Excellent, my friend. And that is that is our run of things, my friend. Oh, Let me stop the, the share. One, Let, I know, <laughs> like, we can, can just keep on going. <laughs> it's like we can keep on going. There's no doubt about it. Now people are like, damn, bring those photos back. Like, you know, it's got this guy up on time. <laughs> oh, man.
Oh, that's awesome, man. I, that that I truly enjoyed, my friend. Uh, just getting getting into this, and I it's great. And for all of us that's here, um, if you know, like our, our different things that you have, we're coming to an end here, my friend. I don't want to take up too much more of your night. Hurrah! Congratulations! It's amazing. I'm Thank so you. happy for you. Uh, for anyone that is listening that comes to this after the fact, my friend, that's from your Kickstarter or stumbles across your book at a later point in time and finds either this audio version of what we're talking about or this video, um, what would you like to share to them? I'm going to give you that opportunity right now, my friend. Oh, okay. So if you capture this or you see this after the fact and the Kickstarter is over or you miss an opportunity to pick up the book, I'll try to find ways to 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 make some available. I'll, I think that I'll have a few extras from the initial order. Um, beyond that, I don't know. Um, but if anything, uh, I want you to be curious about the world. I want you to be to be to be driven and 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 be a creator on your, in your own way to go and travel and explore and and be inquisitive. Um, of course, I want you to travel to Japan. Of course, that goes without saying. Uh, but if there is some other place that calls to you, go, please. Go, 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 go. And to bring this back to you, Mike, um, you know, in our last uh, our last chat, I talked about how your podcasts are so useful and so information dense. And I mean that. And and for anyone who's watching this, if you're the first time listener, you've been here for a while on his, on his podcast, then you already know. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's here to help. His enthusiasm for Japan and travel is genuine. He wants to share it with you. Take him that information. Use it. Use it to connect the dots or or shrink that distance between where you are and where you want to go. Um, Mike is a great asset. He's a wonderful guy. Very friendly. Speak to him. Send him a message. That's what I did. You know, and... and Surround yourself with people who love you. Surround yeah. you with yourself with people who strive for you to do better, for you to 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 dream bigger, to achieve. Uh, find your people, find your tribe, whatever you want to fucking call it. Sorry, yeah. um, <laughs> You're uh, good man. Just you know, go to places where you feel empowered and enabled and supported. Um, if that means yeah. buying my book, sure. <laughs> if that means going out and creating your own work, even better. Yeah. Just live your life, live truthfully, live fearlessly, and uh, live authentically. And don't put off starting, my friends. Don't put off starting. If it's 10 bucks a month or 10 bucks a paycheck or whatever it is that you can, set it aside. Don't look at it. You will get here. It may take longer than you'd like, but getting there is going to be worth that wait, my friend. Uh, you owe it to yourself. You are worth it a hundred times over. Thank you so much, Maurice, for joining us again today. It means the world to me, my friend. It means Thank the world. Uh, on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this interview. We look forward to seeing you on board again for our next regularly scheduled episode as we continue our discussion on Japan, travel, culture, and your Lost Without moments. Uh, to everyone out there, oh, ginky day, stay well, my friends.